Welcome to the Beginner Audiophile Show, where we bridge the gap between the clueless big box stores and the snobby stereo shops. Every show is filled with gear reviews, commentary, and interviews aimed to find out what makes a real-world difference in your listening experience, how to get the most bang for your buck, and frankly, how to begin experiencing your music in the way it was intended. And now, your co-hosts, Harris Fogel and Michael O'Neill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 21 of Beginner Audiophile. Michael O'Neill here in sunny San Diego. Harris Fogel on the other side of the country there in Philadelphia. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how are you doing? Good, man. It's uh, nice and cold here. It's nothing like where you are. It's like 80 right now. It's really strange. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's strange even for us to be quite this warm. Like, I have fans on in the house today, which is kind of cool, if I'm being honest. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, you mean long pants? Um, I'm in shorts. I'm in shorts and, and a t-shirt. So I apologize to everybody else in every other spot that may be a little colder. Than so like <laughs> everybody in Minnesota? Everybody. I'm, I apologize to every single person in Minnesota. Um, I was just in Philly, and it was a little chilly, i got to be honest. It was a little a little cold and damp, and and uh, I was ready to, to come back to sunshine, that's for sure. Um, so first and foremost— has any gear started arriving from your—and um, by the way, for this episode, um, I'm going to cover a couple things, and then we'll we'll dig right into CES. Um, has any gear started arriving, like that you Let's that you see. found some people and, and wanted to get some review stuff, and it showed up? Yeah, some new headphones, um, 99 Classics from Meze, M-E-Z-E. Oh, I haven't gotten mine yet. They're excited. Yeah. Oh, and maybe, maybe um, and they are— um, they are from Romania, and they're made in China. They're beautifully made, all wood, um, no glue construction, just screws, old-fashioned mm. kind of um, approach to doing things. But uh, they have a fantastic word of mouth. People seem to really love these headphones. Mm. They're beautiful, too. They're really good-looking good looking cans, as uh, we say in the biz. Um, I haven't gotten mine yet. I, I, I guess uh, maybe they're sending them to you. Who knows? But Yeah. Either way, that's cool. So those showed up. Um, I got the uh, Oppo UDP 205 showed up at my house, and I've had that plugged ooh. in now for a week. Uh, what's that? I said, ooh. Yeah, that it is, a, it is such a beast. You have one, right? Didn't you get one a few months ago? Yeah, I reviewed it months ago. Oh, and, it is. Um... I can't wait to get your feedback on it. I'm still in the process of, of reviewing it and, and, and living with it. Um, and I'm actually waiting for a 4K TV so that I can really put it through its paces. But um, what a what an incredible piece of gear! You can just tell when you first unbox it that it's going to be awesome. You know, hello. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. No, I Hi. Just, Hi. We're doing a show. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I got that, and then I got um, the T20i. Um, from RHA that we had this great little, they did a little uh, whiskey tasting for us at, at CES. And we got to try all these great scotches because they're all from Scotland. And the T20i, um, which were the in-ear monitors, were, uh, to, to my ears, they rivaled my favorite set of earbuds, which is the One More USA quads. They were right there. Yeah, and we we got invited the night before CES started to a little party, and it said, 
come out for a wee bit of tasting of wee scotches. And I think everything was 12 years old to celebrate the 12th year anniversary of the company, right? Mm. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's cool. So, um, yeah, so that was really fun. And, um, you know, it is it is difficult sometimes in a crowded room to really listen carefully to this gear. And I think most of our listeners know that if they have some quiet time at home, that's the time when you can really delineate the difference in audio quality and, you know, the subtle differences in, in music or in sound or in audio. I was listening it's to, still yeah, still, still cool. I, I, for my CES, I picked a single track, which was called Hey Now by London Grammar. And that was my, um, that was kind of my like, uh, test track for the whole show basically. And, um, I would go to a spot in the, in the song that was about one minute and 15 seconds in and I would just play this 15, 20 second spot. And every time I would go and listen to headphones throughout the entire show, I would have my iPhone with me. It had title on it. I had that song ready to go. And I would listen to that 20 second spot. And that was enough for me to at least open the gates and decide if I wanted to hear more. Um, I definitely listened to a couple of $1,200 headphones that I was not impressed with at all. Um, and then I listened to these T20Is from RHA, and I said, oh, I see. And they're really cool. So they sent them to me, and we'll do a full review of them uh, in an upcoming show. But um, they were the first ones that I really, I was like, whoa, these things are legit. This is a really good pair of earbuds. And um, it's one of those things where I think it's going to come down to form factor more than audio, but we'll get to that in a future show. Were those Bluetooth? No, those were the wired, but they're like wired in-ears. So they, they're the kind that go over your ear, you know, and then they plug in. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they're they're literally IEMs or in-ear monitors versus earbuds, which just kind of fit right in your ears. Uh, so what it came down to for me, and I haven't lived with them yet. Like I've just been, um, I just set them up and I was playing with them a little bit, but I haven't, you know, taken them around and, and done phone calls with them and listen to music and stuff like that. So that's going to be next. But my guess is based on how they sound, because I think they sound incredible already. Um, it's going to be whether or not you prefer an over ear or an in ear, like an uh, over the ear kind of IEM style in ear or, or, uh, you know, a regular earbud. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of what you see at CES in terms of audio is newer technology wireless, right? I mean, more and more people are going to some sort of Bluetooth or their own proprietary wireless. A lot of people are pushing the idea of lossless Bluetooth or lossless audio. So some people use APTX as a codec. Apple has its own. So, you know, I don't know. I I I can I like the advantages of Bluetooth, you know, earphones and headphones. They're kind of fun and they're easy. But I also still kind of have a hunch that wired sounds better. But, you know, I'm, I'm open for learning about that, especially as the codecs and all the transmissions improve, you know? It, well, it, un, it unquestionably sounds better. There's just more data that can get through a wire at the moment. But um, we might be a couple years away, I think, from being able to do really good. I think maybe once MQA finds its way into, you know, our mobile devices and... You know, if we can sort sort of stream these MQA, I bet you the sound gets better um, on each end. 
So speaking of stream, um, this is the second year, or second or third year in a row, I think second year in a row, that the uh, music labels, Universal, Warner Brothers, you know, other people like that, have had a high resolution pavilion in right. the middle of Central Hall. And a lot of the, the gear companies are there too. ELAC had a booth, you know, um, a lot of different folks had equipment set up. Onkyo had gear to listen to. So, and a lot of that was headphone, you know, in that setting, it's all headphones. But there is a commitment from the industry to have higher res and higher quality music for consumers to listen to. I'm still kind of on the fence about what MQA is going to represent mm. and how many people are going to really use it because there still aren't that many devices out there that have MQA native. Right. Yeah. Whether it's going to latch on to not or not as a as a uh, platform. I don't know. I know the Audio Audio Quest Dragonfly will do it. That was a firmware update. Yep, it was, and that starts at 100 bucks, so it's totally doable. Yeah. For our listeners who may not be aware of what MQA is doing, so imagine you start off with a really high-resolution file. Let's say it's 24-bit, 96K. Well, your phone may not be able to play that, right? So what you do is you encode it with MQA at the studio, and um, it's proprietary, so I don't really know how that goes, but I've heard it's not that difficult. And then you broadcast it or you stream it through the Internet, and then if you have a browser or a device that is MQA capable, it will then unfold it. That's the term they use right. to the resolution of whatever you're listening to. So if you have a Dragonfly that can do 96K, you'll get 96K. But if you have a phone that can only do 44K, then you'll get a 44K uh, decode. And, um, and there's a big debate among audiophiles about whether some people say that just encoding with MQA makes the music sound better because hmm. it reduces jitter. And other people think that's like you're, you're, you're breaking the Holy grail, which is do no harm, you know? So um, there is a kind of debate there. I've heard people on both sides, but the, the big thing is most of the big labels have committed to MQA, but it's mostly through title. Right. Right. And title is still a tiny player in the streaming market. It is. I, I, I hope that it gets bigger. It feels like it's getting bigger. It feels like people are starting to know about it a little bit more. And I think that's really cool. Um, what I thought we would do, by the way, for this episode is maybe just go through, you know, we went to two different um, events, uh, being Showstoppers and Pepcom. And we also walked the floor of, <coughs> excuse me, of CES. So I thought we could sort of go through what we might have saw, seen on the main floor and then what we saw in the, in the big high, high, the high end area. Um, first, I wanted to let you guys know, I was just at NAM, which is the National Association of Music Merchants uh, Conference last week, saw the guys from One More USA, and they gave me a set of One More USA triple drivers to give to our listeners. So, Super excited about that. We're going to do a little contest. Here's what the contest is. And I'll officially announce this on the Instagram account. So here's what you got to do. You got to go to uh, the Beginner Audio File Instagram account. You've got to tag two people you know on the post. You'll see a post that says win these. You got to tag two people that are your audio file friends. That's step one. You also got to follow us, obviously, and you want to follow One More USA as well. But here's the kicker. You've got to leave us a review on whatever uh, service you listen to this podcast on, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or whatever you listen to it on. Leave us a review, take a screenshot of it, and send it to us at beginneraudiophile at gmail.com. 
So, and we will choose from those screenshotted reviews. Um, and I'll cross-reference it with the people that I saw on the Instagram post. So that's how that's going to work. Um, I will have a formal little video post on Instagram about this. And uh, But, you know, uh, time's a ticking. And they are the best, I think, the One More USA, Triple Drivers, the best bang for the buck in audio uh, in terms of uh, earbuds or headphones right now. They're usually 100 bucks, And um, even the quads, which are $100 more, have a little bit more fit and finish. I don't know. I Like, if I lost my quads and I had to use my triples, I don't know if I would feel a huge sonic difference. I think I would be fine with it. So, anyway, that's the contest. So, Harris. Yes, sir. Let's talk about um, maybe, you know, if just up, off the top of your head, some of the stuff you saw, like, on the main floor or, or um, yeah, let's start with the main floor of CES. Anything you saw, okay. like, walking around some of the main floors? Like, I saw Denon and Morantz, which are right next to the high-res files, and I talked about them a bit on the last episode. So, curious about what you got yourself into. Well, we should tell for our visitors a little bit about how CES works. Just it's okay. 30 seconds. So, you know, CES is one of the worst shows you could attend anywhere in the world because it's so much larger than the convention center. The convention center has three halls, north, south, and central. And a couple of those halls have two layers, two levels. And then a quarter mile away at what used to be the Hilton is another conference hall. And then a mile or two, mile and a half away over at the Sands is another conference hall along with the Venetian. And also there's Venetian towers. And then the events that Michael and I went to for the press only, they were at either the Wynn Hotel or the Mirage Hotel. So, and 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 then there were events like JBL Hard, you know, Harmon were set up at the Hard Rock. So right. you can imagine that going to CES is not so much about what you want to see; it's more about the travel logistics of getting from one place to another, because it's just such it's so huge and it's so kind of disorganized in in a way. So, for instance, the Central Hall, you will find people, you know, selling you know, electronic chip testers. And then next to them, you'll see the Sennheiser booth, right? Or you'll see the Audio-Technica booth, which gave people massages um, as you listen to their new headphones. <laughs> yeah. You had to it's make appointments. Um, and then there were the Germans, right? That um, the, the Bayers that, yep. that you list, that you listen to the new uh, Bluetooth headphones. Yeah. So, the, the event though, you know, wireless. when you, yeah, they're beautiful. And, and the, the thing is, is that when you wander around these shows, um, it's really, you just have to plot it in terms of, logistics like how can i get from one hall to another to another to another and as you can imagine like that like some of these companies are in two places so they'll have a consumer line on the show they'll have a higher end in a suite so um so it's it is kind it's kind of amazingly you know difficult to manage but um i think um i think those those bears are fantastic i think you should maybe talk about those bluetooth headphones they showed us yeah we i talked about them a bit in the last episode um with patrick but they are beautiful beautiful fit and finish i thought they, they passed my little um uh my little hey now test enough for me to go oh i want to listen to these which by the way i can't say about their 1200 earbuds which i listened to and i was kind of like eh, uh, i don't love them they certainly didn't sound as good as what or or, or at least my sound um from my quads but the I loved the 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 Bayer dynamic uh, event. They're called the Aventha Wireless. They're Bluetooth. Um, they're five hundred bucks. They've got a touch pad on the right hand side, which allows you to move the volume up and down. 
They've got wired or wireless options, so you can just pull the wire out and go Bluetooth if you want to. And uh, they, they're really beautiful, and I think they sound great. I actually use them to uh, bake off and test the Oppo DAC versus my Marantz DAC uh, in my system. So um, I think they're great. They're they're I think and they have this really cool hearing test that they do as well. So I think it's a really cool kind of a high end or mid fi, uh, very usable lifestyle meets hi fi bargain. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, they are high fashion, aren't they? They look really good. Yeah, they look really good, and I I thought they performed very well. You have a set, right? Didn't you? Didn't you have a set? You haven't listened I to them yet. I haven't. I haven't opened them yet. Yeah, I'm just. Just too busy yeah. with everything. Um, you know, the other thing I want to mention is the Audio Technica. Audio Technica is one of the old oldest names in audio. Um, of course, Japanese company, and um, and they they came out with a new set of headphones. They actually showed them last year, but they weren't really available. Now they have another new set, and it's called the ATH DSR Seven BT. Now th- these are pretty pricey. I think they're several hundred bucks. And um, what's interesting about them is that they are, they use a, they describe them as wireless over the ear headphones with pure digital drive. Now I, you know, you could question what that means, but what it really means is that they're using um, brand new drivers, these 45 millimeter drivers. um, And, you know, like everybody, they're lightweight, so they're fast to respond. Um, They, um, they use, kind of acoustic resistors which is acoustic dampening with airflow to kind of make sure they have a natural sound and that's something other people have to worry about also and the difference between a open air and a closed air headphone um but it, it also uses the aptx codec and um and it also meets the hot new high-res audio spec so you get that nice oh, cool. little gold gold logo um they're they're a brand new st- way of working in which you people are trying to get to the highest quality um you know in terms of wireless reproduction mm. so um they're they're very they're they're pretty cool the other thing that the audio technica started doing which is new for a lot of us so audio technica is kind of complicated because they have a whole range of products available for sale in japan that they don't import to this country including Mm. like a several thousand dollar headphone amp and dac for instance so they have a bunch of products that we may not you know really be um used to seeing so one of the one of the big things in headphones or earphones is detachable cables right michael yeah right and there's different ways that the detachable cables work. Um, there's now a standardized, um, you know, uh, connector that a lot of people are using. Um, and so now you're starting to see, you know, m- they have a whole new series of earphones that use cables that can be changed out. Um, so there are people that are totally into changing out cables. Um, people oh, really? like Kimber Cable, you know. Like for work. your headphone cables? Oh yeah, yeah. There's like a whole sub. There's like a whole sub universe of people who do nothing but make specialized, um, you know, cables and headphones for. Uh, I call nonsense. Uh, I call nonsense on that. No, no, no. There, there's differences, but you know, you what the difference? Yeah, but are they are better? From? That's the question. Is is it different or is it better? And that's the question. 
that's up to the you know the beholder and also right. you know when it comes to earphones i don't think that measurements really do much good because everybody's fit is so radically different so it, you know what fits somebody may drive somebody else you know batty so right. um yeah um yeah i don't know i'm 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 bearish on that it's it doesn't it feels like it's just another way we can spend a ton of money swapping out cables because you you'd, you'd assume that the manufacturer would have done this and try to present their headphones in the best possible way, right? Yeah. I mean, who but knows? they but they have some wonderful new products and they like like other people, Michael, they had a suite in the Venetian towers, right? As well as a big giant booth with people giving massages while you listen to their new headphones. And, and how were they? Um, how were the headphones? Uh they were good. They were great. They were fine. But you know, what's what's I the model of them? Very you know, I can't remember the model right now, but I think it was um I have to look it up. I don't have that right at my fingertips. I can look for a minute. All right. But um, just trying to remember. Um, What else did you see that you thought was pretty spectacular? Um, I covered a lot of this in the last episode, like my my walk. So um, I really loved the Marantz and Denon. I thought they they each had a really amazing new uh, receiver. Uh, They each had, you know, the, the, the Marantz version, which was their integrated. Uh, they're integrated separates and amp into one box that was like a $4,000 AVR, which was really cool. And, and then, uh, Denon had a 13.2 out of the box, um, AVR, which is, I think one of the first to do that, which is pretty cool. And they, it runs their Heos line, which is something that I would really like to do. I'm really excited to listen to their, or, you know, get one of those things, set up a couple of the wireless Heos speakers. So I have the main AVR, but then have these speakers throughout the house. Um, to play if, you know, you're having a party or whatever. So that sounds fun to me. Um, you know, dug through the floor. Um, I know you're gonna have to go pretty soon. So I just want to make sure that we cover, um, you, you said you were looking at some, uh, turntables. You had maybe some cool turntable stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, saw. I did want to talk about that. So, yeah. you know, th- there are turntables project was up yes. in the Venetian towers. Um, Roy Hall of music hall. Um, I think music hall is one of the most important um, vendors for for turntables and vinyl accessories. Um, music is that just musichall.com? Yeah, you know, and um, it's it's led by a Scotsman, Scotsman named Roy Hall, and that's where he gets the name Music Hall. Wait, that's um, not it. Let me, let me find he has domain. a very popular suite because he always brings bottles of scotch for people to sample so um and you know and and in terms of the business of of this you know he joked that he could probably get more business with with a bottle of scotch than he could by renting a whole suite so um, (laughs) i believe that hold hold on a second i have to correct myself before you go on it's it's musichallaudio.com musichallaudio.com and they have what looks like a ton of turntables and dacs and cartridges and this looks like everything you need for a turntable Oh, they're awesome. They're they, and they range from a couple of hundred dollars up to, you know, twenty five hundred, um, and so they're they're just a fantastic company. Hmm. Um, um, so um, they look cool. I'm looking right now at the MMF two point three SE, which is a. Uh, but can you tell me, by the way, the difference between a direct drive and belt drive? Yeah, sure. Uh, direct drive means you have a motor driving the turntable itself. Okay. And then you have a belt drive. You have a motor driving a belt that then goes around the platter, which sits on a bearing. Um, Is there a direct a drive have a reputation for being a little noisy? So most of the because the the rubber kind of dampens it. On the other hand, rubber 
stretches. And so you have different problems with wow and flutter, you know, with consistent speeds. So, mm. um, you know, I, so it's, there's some people who are total devotees of belt. I'd say most people are. Um, and then there are people who love direct drive. And then there, there's even some of these really crazy, um, um, People. These like they're with air cushions that use air to float the the platter. So they've got all these different ways of moving platters around. Um, you know that go up to you know two hundred fifty thousand bucks, and right. people get really crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> um, wh where are these? So these looks like these um, music hall turntables. They look like they have something for everybody from very beginning to to as much as you want to spend probably. Yeah, I think so. And they also have some they also have some amplifiers and they have a, mm. a you know like a record cleaner or things like that. Oh yeah, they've integrated so, amps uh, and everything. Yeah. You can get there are you you should see if you can get a, a some one of these things to test, dude. Like an integrated amp in one of their um in one of their turntables. That'd be cool. Looks like the the A30.3 looks like a really nice looking integrated. It's 85 watts per channel. And it does USB, Toslink, and coax. What do you? What's your opinion right now on, um, like an integrated amp that's just an amp and doesn't have any Bluetooth or AirPlay or anything like that? I have to think about that, but I have to run out the door for a minute, Michael. And okay. And we're gonna finish this up in a few minutes. How's that? Okay. I think I might finish it up without you, my friend. We we'll have to. We'll have to continue on the backside. Okay, so well, sorry. we'll do that. There, there are some pretty wonderful products, um, all-in-one turntables, um, some beautiful stuff. Um, Elac showed a whole new line of speakers, and uh, AudioQuest was showing off different kinds of power conditioners. So, mm. yeah, let's I didn't get to see audio up Quest. on the next episode. Yeah, it sounds good, man. I'll, I'll wrap up on my end here, and uh, we'll see you next time, bud. Thanks for, okay. thanks for swinging care. by. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. So... Um, as he just alluded, there was a ton of really cool stuff from um, – I didn't get to see the AudioQuest booth at all, but it's interesting how power conditioning can make a giganto difference. I was just swapping power cables. Uh, Dr. Paul, you know, original co-host of the show, gave me a little slew of power cables to use um, to play with, and I was really surprised about how they made a difference in sound because you would think – that they would just come with a good power cable right out of the gates. But I think it's one of those things that you don't know until you hear it. Um, you know, conditioning. And, and it's also one of the most snake oily sections, I believe, of audiophilia, if you will. Because I think that um, uh, you just, you can spend as much as you want. You can keep finding things to keep slicing the pie thinner. But um, I was surprised. I was legitimately surprised with how different uh, it sounded with a good power cable. Um, what was I going to say? Um, we had this, uh, where, where was that booth? There was so much good stuff there. It's hard to sort of pin down. But um, the um, we talked about Project a little bit. They're doing some really cool, interesting stuff. Right now, I have the Project Essential 3 that they sent. You know, we, we had that uh, turntable episode a few episodes ago. And, um, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. A few episodes ago. And I want them to send me their next tier up 
of a turntable, like the one where if you were an audiophile and you wanted to keep this thing for a few years, this would be the good one to choose. I don't know what model that is, but I have their entry level right now, which is the Essential 3. It's great, but I want to hear what a high-end table sounds like with a, with a phono stage, you know, which is the thing that kind of um, bridges the gap between... I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> oh, jeez. Excuse me. Um, it, with a phono stage, that's the thing that bridges the gap between the turntable and, you know, your AVR or an amplifier. Uh, it allows the, I guess, the voltage to match the right way. And um, so I want to test those back-to-back and see, you know, first of all, what the turntables sound like next to each other, and then what a decent turntable sounds like next to a digital file. Because I do love the romanticism of a turntable. I just don't know if I have noticed the, you know, warmth. And that's because I don't think I'm set up right. And that's, that's how that goes. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about the, uh, the KEF LS50 wireless speakers. And if I had $2,000 and I didn't want to tinker, like I didn't want this to be a hobby, I just want it to be done, that it would be the biggest no-brainer just to go get those. They're two grand, LS50 wireless. They have, you know, amps built in. And they're phenomenal. They're a crazy deal for what you get. So um, let me go through my CES because I didn't really get to talk to you guys about it because we had Patrick on the other day. Um, I have been living now with the Hive home security setup. So Hive is a company. I'm going to see if it's Hive.com. The idea is um, that, you know, you're going to spend all this money on, um, you know, on your on your gear, and you want to have your home connected as well. So um, if you go to HiveHome.com, HiveHome.com, they sent me a Hive View camera and um, a cup, a few motion detectors, a a couple of um, door, um, you know, door de- door or window, um, you know, detectors if they open up. Um, what else did they do? A, a smart plug where you can plug a lamp into it. A couple of smart lights that you know will essentially connect via the um, the Hive hub. And so I just went out of town, and I'm I, I can't tell you how much safer I felt because everything was wired up in my in my house. So if something happens and you know somebody breaks in or one of these things triggers, it it's hit it hits my Apple Watch, it hits my phone, and it tells me, hey, the front door's open, or hey, I detect not only do I detect motion, but I detect a body. The camera can actually tell a body versus uh, not a body. So they have a couple of great, and I will say that the, this is sort of a quick little review. Um, the setup was clunky. It was actually pretty frustrating um, to, to get the hub to recognize some of the devices. But now that devices are set up, it's been pretty good. So check them out at hivehome.com. Um, their camera's 200 bucks. Then they have all these intro kits that you can buy, which you know, come with, uh, you know, come with a whole, a whole slew of things, you know, it's essentially like a pack, if you will. And the pack that I got is the, I think it was the welcome home pack. Um, I think I got, I think I got a welcome home pack and then they added a camera onto it. 
So it's like everything you needed to transform your home into a smart home. And it comes with, uh, yeah, this is essentially what I got. By the way, it also works with um, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and If This Then That. But only the If This Then That, that only works with the thermostat, which I did get, which is kind of like the Nest, but it's their version of it. I can't use it because I have a house that's like 100 years old. But um, this was, you um, you get thermostat, you get smart light, you get a smart plug, you get a couple of motion sensors, you get a couple of door sensors. You get one motion sensor, I think, or two. You get a couple of door sensors, which are the, you know, when you open and close and then the hub. And um, it's great, actually. I, I really like it so far. You can look also and see if you, if you don't know if the, um, uh, if you don't know if it'll work in your house, they have a, a little test on their website where you can click, you can basically pop your thermostat off. This is for the, just the thermostat. Pop the thermostat off, look at the wires that are connected, and then you can click um, on these, on this, uh, little diagram and say, okay, I have the, this one, I have this one, I have this one, I have this one and hit next. And it'll say, oh yeah, you're either compatible or you're not. So, uh, but that's again, just for the thermostat, everything else will be compatible with your house, but I really like it so far. I mean, you know, for me, I had a really bad break in a year ago and they stole some very sentimental stuff, stuff to me. Uh, a drum set that I toured all around the country with for 10 years, a bike that I'd been saving since 1990, a uh, BMX bike that I'd been saving forever. It was just a total bummer that uh, somebody, you know, walked off with that stuff. So now I'm feeling way more secure, and um, it's pretty good. I will say the the once I got passed through the, the kind of clunky, um, you know, initial stage that the rest of it was really good. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see, do, do, do Omni charge. That's something that we're going to be looking at. Omni charge isn't directly audio file related, but everybody needs a ch- like a charger, an external charger. This one does not only your, uh, you know, your phone, if you run out of phone, but it'll do your laptop as well. You can plug an actual regular, uh, plug into it and charge a laptop, which I thought was really cool. Great for those cross country trips. Um, we checked out pioneers, uh, car stuff. We're going to actually talk to them about this. We haven't talked too much about car audio, but you know, I've got a nice uh, Alpine Focal system in my car. There's no reason to think that you shouldn't have high-end audio when you're in your car as well. So a lot of new cars have amazing audio and um, Pioneer is, I think, leading the charge. So they're going to hopefully uh, put a new deck in my little Mini Cooper, and I'll be able to do Apple CarPlay and integrate it with that and, you know, check out Tidal and Bluetooth stuff on there as well. So that'll be neat. Um, really like them a lot. Um, I've been using, this is actually one of the cooler products that I saw. Again, not directly audio related, but every one of you has a car, and some of you have cars that things happen to. If your car has an OBD2 port, this is for you. This is a, a little device called Fixed, which is F-I-X-D. F-I-X-D, and you plug it into your OBD2 port. That's essentially your computer port in your car, and I think it's every car after... I'll tell you that in a second. Um, When did OBD2 come out? I want to say it was like 2008 or something. Um, Let's see. Oh, wow. No, that's why I'm way off. Um... All cars and light trucks built and sold in the U.S. after January 1st, 1996. 
So if you have a car that's 96 or newer, this little device plugs into the plug uh, in your car, and it will tell you, it'll, it'll, it'll give you a live di- diagnostic while you're driving. Or if you have anything where you, you have a check engine light, it'll tell you what the, not only that it is, but it decodes it. It won't just tell you what the code is. It'll tell you what that code means and link you to Amazon to buy the parts or find the, the place in your area that will help you fix it. It's really cool. It is a really cool device. I think it's like 60 bucks. Um, and I really like that. I'm just kind of going through my CES right now um, to show you guys what I what I dug. Um, uh, Optoma had a really cool new projector. Um, I checked them out at the um, at the I want to say it was Pepcom, and it was two grand, and it did Bluetooth and it was portable. So it was really about maybe a foot wide, about three inches, two inches thick, and maybe about eight inches deep, and it did. Killer, you know, 1080p, beautiful video, totally portable, and I could see it running a theater or, you know, you've got it in a bag and you throw it up on a table and, you know, you're sick that day, you throw it up and, and uh, watch Netflix in your bedroom or something. You know, hook it up to an Apple TV and, uh, you know, run some, run a, a, an eighth-inch jack to a, you know, a, an amp or something in your room and have this great little setup for watching movies in your room on the wall. And I was ta- I was thinking about doing something where you wouldn't know that there was a screen there. I know I know certainly they have retractable and that kind of thing, but it'd be kind of cool to have a big piece of artwork and you just maybe flip the artwork over and it's a screen on the backside or something. But um, I thought that was cool. So I'm reaching out to Optima to see if they'll um, send one of those over to check out. Um, Definitive Technology, the D11, which are $999 bookshelf speakers, I thought were great. I thought they sounded unbelievable. So definitely check those out. I don't have them for review yet, but they were definitely a, uh, they're really beautiful looking pair of speakers. You can look at them at, at Crutchfield if you want to. Um, but they're, uh, they're the Demand series and they're the D11. And uh, really cool. They've got aluminum dome tweeter, you know, um, They've got, uh, they just look very high tech. You'll have to look them, look them up online and see what you think of them. They look, they look really beautiful. And I thought they sounded great. So, uh, DevTech, that's the D11. Uh, Marantz and Denon, I've talked about. Sony, I've talked about a bit. I'm not sure if I, I, I um, mentioned this, but Sony's OLED TV, their OLED, had a, um, the whole TV screen was the sound bar. It was the it was the speaker, so it's like an electrostatic speaker that they've made out of the screen itself. It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, I, I you throw that with a subwoofer and maybe a set of rear surrounds, although I don't think they're they're wired for that. You'd be good. You'd be totally good. That would be enough for you to watch a movie, and and no one would have any idea why your sound is so good at your house. So that was really cool, and that's actually coming out on all of their. Um, all their TVs. This was the XBR 55A8F. Is that what? That's what that was. Um, and Sony had a very impressive. Uh, Sony had a very depressed. Uh, yeah, impressive display. Anyway, I thought they just did really a really good job. And this uh, particular one is the 55 inch uh, 4K Ultra HD uh, OLED. It's the 2018 model that just came out, and it has this unbelievable. Um, you know, it's got HDR 10 and all this stuff, 
but it has this really cool sound system built in, which is really neat. Um, you guys have to check it out. There's a big thing on um, uh, Amazon. This is it's called they call it acoustic surface. So unlike most TV speakers, the sound comes to you from the entire screen, immersing you in exciting new entertainment experiences. It's picture, pictures and sound in perfect harmony. It can act if you have a 5.1 channel system. Um, it can act as the center channel right and left. So you can actually hear objects panning across the screen as they go. It's really cool. It's one of the cooler technologies I saw at the show. Um, let's see. GoPro, cool. Um, Klipsch has a set of uh, speakers called The Sixes, which I've actually never heard before, but they look great. And Klipsch was showing some really cool kind of vintage looking kind of big box speakers and they looked very old school. They sounded ridiculous. To me, you know, they were, they were, you know, three feet wide and squat versus being, you know, thin and tall, which most speakers are. Um, so they had a big old woofer in them, big horn. And I thought they sounded great. I think the wife acceptance factor might be a little tougher with those. But if you've got a man cave and you love a really live sound, definitely check out what Klipsch was doing. Uh, let's see if I can get you a model name right quick here. Clip. Yeah. Oh, I'm, you're back. You're back. I'm back. You just yeah. showed up. Um, did you happen to go into the Klipsch booth at all and listen to some no, of I those didn't. bad boys? No, I didn't get to Klipsch. Oh, man. So they had um, they have their wireless speakers called the Sixes, which were cool. But then they had these other speakers, which are, let me see, the are they the Capital? I'm looking right now at their... Oh, yeah, here they are. So they, this is their Heritage collection. And there's Cornwall, which is the one I listened to, and La Scala. Cornwall 3 and La Scala. Uh, La Scalas are these, I don't even know how to say. They're these sort of wide uh, horn, you know, they're really funky. They're like, it almost looks like a big, um, a big cabinet. And they're $4,000 each. But, man, they sounded good. They were really cool-sounding speakers. But they look very old-school and boxy like something you'd see from the 70s. But very worth, very well worth checking out uh, Klipsch stuff. Um, since you disappeared, Harris, I've covered um, a few things. So um, did yeah. you want to talk a little more about—yeah, um, I, I covered Sony and what I saw from them. Little Moranson Den uh, Denon, Definitive Technology— um, went through my Hive home app that I've been playing with lately and uh, a few other things. But um, would love to hear anything else that you have, like maybe from a speaker standpoint, something you heard. We covered the Elax um, last time, but anything else you heard that you really liked? Yeah, well, the Elax, I think, are important because, you know, they, they went from these 99 or, you know, $120, $30 speakers to now they're up in the serious hardware range, right? Didn't take very yeah. long to ramp up. Yeah, they went, uh, yeah, right. 250, 500, 2,500, 5,000. Right. That's a pretty quick rise in uh, in your uh, price point. Um, well, I'm trying to think, you know, the, the thing about loudspeakers is that they're so dependent on the setup. And I know that AudioQuest was demonstrating some very nice speakers. I know that the um, music hall, you know, Roy Hall, 
was showing off some lovely speakers, but I'm, I, you know, I have a photo of them, but I can't recall the brand. So that doesn't um, help us on the show. But but remember that this show, you know, instead of having three full floors of the Venetian, there was only one. And what that meant was that a lot of the booths, you know, were not dealing with large speaker setups. Right. 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 Um, what about the the other speakers I really liked a lot? And these are the one, the only ones that I can say that uh, give the LS50 the, um, uh, you know, a, a, a battle, if you will, were the, the techniques. You know, the, the little techniques. Um, where am I going to find them? Bookshelf speakers. I forget the name, which, which uh, model number they are. But um, they're the ones that won, you know, are they the SB? I think they're the SB. Uh, I'm going to tell you that right now. These are the ones that were supposed to be the LS50 killer. And they are the, I want to say the SB7000. I might be making that up. Uh, they are the SBC700. So these are uh, coaxial, just like the the dent or the uh, KEFs are. But, man, they sounded awesome. Um, and they won, as far as I remember, they won the CNET Speaker of the Year, I think, in 2016 or 2015, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Have you listened to them? I heard them at the show. They sounded great. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and, and once again, you know, these are – and then also, you know, TAD was there, right? So they had – I didn't had, I hear those. I, I thought TAD uh, – well, I know I saw some TAD speakers, <laughs> which were Andrew Jones's speakers. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to remember is the name of a – system that was very cool it looked like a 1960s system and it looked like a table but it was actually this pretty wonderful um you know system now another another set of people that i thought were pretty good cool was como audio did you ever go to the como audio suite no what they do so they're they're c-o-m-o and they make small tabletop systems you know like um kind of like the old KLH radios or um, and they they actually had some really lovely small systems they're wood and they're different veneers they're not very expensive um, and I thought some of their products were pretty uh, wonderful they have a they have a new one that's a rechargeable called the Amico and then they had a Musica system which was a you know all in one tabletop you know you can imagine to be on your in your office or in your bedroom or something. Um, and um, it had a built-in CD player. So they had the Amico and the Musica. Um, they're both good. And of course they all, they also can use different sources. So your phone can power them or, you know, whatever you feel like. Mm. And they came in different colors and, um, and I'm trying to get you the exact prices, but, but those were, those were kind of indicative of this move toward affordable, high quality audio. For instance, the Amico is $400. It has a rechargeable lithium-ion battery. It goes eight hours. Um, the website, by the way, is www.comoaudio.com. That's C-O-M-O-A-U-D-I-O. Um, and you know, and this is kind of a multi-room Wi-Fi audio that can work in a variety of different ways. So it'll it'll um, do internet radio. It'll do s- Spotify. It'll do um, you know, Bluetooth with app, app, app decks. So, um, and, and, you know, you're talking about a $399 unit with a two-year warranty and mm. um, it sounded really good. So I thought that was, that's pretty good. Can you see them on your end? It's uh, comoaudio.com. Yeah. Come on. Take a look and tell me what you think. 
Yeah. But I thought I thought they were pretty cool. Oh yeah, um, that does look cool. Do you do you think though and, that uh, if you're going, you know, audiophile style, do you do you think that does that feel like a device you'd want to invest in initially, or is that kind of a, you know, I like listening to good music. I have to buy some kind of lifestyle device. I might as well buy one that sounds good. Well, you know, I think there's the reason that headphones and earphones are so you know popular now is is not not just because they sound amazing for the money, which they do. And by the way, we got it before we end. We have to put a plug in for the upcoming Can Jam in New York. Okay, but um, but. You know, a lot of times, you know, people are living in apartments. They can't have a subwoofer. It's going to piss off their neighbors. So I think you're seeing a trend toward people who want high-quality audio, and they divide it between a good tabletop system that's capable of full-range reproduction, but it's also easy to use and contemporary. You could use it with streaming sources or whatever, as well as people that say, well, if I really want to hear it, you know, I can put on a set of really good headphones and an inexpensive, you know, you can get a Astellan Kern AK Jr. for not very much money, mm. high-end audio player. So, or even your computer and using a $99 DAC like right. the, um, you know. Dragonfly. Like the AudioQuest or the Spectre or other people like that. So, yeah, you know, I, I do think that people want um, simpler audio. You know, that that's always been the dream of audiophiles, even though they won't admit it, which is great sound that doesn't take, a lot of hassle. Right. You know, one company I wanted to mention before we, we ended was Emotiva, who had a very impressive setup at CES. And they have a whole new series called the X series, which are all super affordable. Uh, that's one of the things they do. They're, a, they're a, a direct company. So you buy from them direct. I think their stuff looks fantastic. Like it's a beautiful form factor. I have one of their... Um, XPA5 amplifiers, but these guys have amps, they've got preamps, they've got integrated amps, they've got home theater receivers, and they have a uh, a set of speakers that you can't believe how good the speakers are for the cost. They're really good. Uh, they're the AirMotive, A-I-R-M-O-T-I-V, and they have that tweeter that's kind of the Heil tweeter. Uh, it's got that kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's kind of like a ribbon. And they are, for a company that, you know, I think is primarily known for their electronics, I thought their speakers sounded great. And I'm very excited to give them a go. Um, and I'm actually going to be reaching out to them this week to see uh, if they have some, some gear they want to send our way. Yeah, well, actually, that's a great, um, it's a great, I'd like to follow up on that because, um, by the way, another set of headphones that we saw was Debussy or WC, D-U-B-U-S-S-Y. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and these are kind of these luxury headphones with a glowing LED panel. Um, I don't know. You know, whenever they people start saying, you know, the luxury headphone it reminds me of the Rob Report, and I'm not so certain I care that mm. much about it. But um, but yeah, the Emotiva line is really something. And we have currently in-house to test their new BASEX line, which is Ooh. B-A-S-X. And um, I'll tell you what we have. We, we have what, what I asked them to do um, is to put together um, the kind of like an entry-level system. Now, you got to realize that Emotiva, everything's made in America – I think they're out of Nashville. Once a year, they th evidently throw a killer party with mm. barbecue and food and drink. And 
they said they used to have bands, but everybody was just listening to their equipment all the time, so they stopped doing bands. Oh. <laughs> and um, but they're really customer oriented. They're nice people. They have three lines. They have the X series or high end, the Air Motif speaker line, and then the Base X line, which mm. is B A S capital X. So capital B small right. A S capital X. And th- the stuff is incredibly affordable. Yeah. So for you can't instance, believe it too. The way it's um, built is amazing. Oh, it's beautiful build quality. And, you know, it's nice. It's all built in America. I'm a great fan of that. But like the TA100, which we're going to be testing, is a stereo preamp. It's a DAC. It's a tuner. And it has an amplifier. Mm. And it's $400. And um, it'll handle up to, it has a phono preamp for both moving magnet and moving coil. Mm. Um, It has a tuner, 50 presets. It's an all discrete class A and B, um, you know, amplifier. So it's really got some punch to it. Um, and so, um, hmm. you know, this is this is a pretty serious piece of equipment for four hundred dollars, and it has a three year warranty. And um, and you know, and the 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 specs on it, I'm trying to remember um, the um, the. I'm trying to remember. Let that me sounds, look. It's, it's 50 like watts into um, eight ohms and 90 watts per channel into four ohms. Right. Um, and um, but th- that's an example of a you know it's a $400 system with a DAC with everything built in. Huh. The only thing that I wasn't thrilled with is that it stops at 96k. So if you have any higher res files, you have to downsample them for it to play them, which we found out by using some higher res files coming out of a Mac. Uh, MacBook Pro, and we had a um, downsample it to 96. Well, hold on, though, because what I'm just reading right now about that is if you're SPDIF or Toslink, so if you're digital coax or digital optical, it'll do 24192. If you do USB, then it's 2496K. So you can can get more out of it if you use a different interface. Right. So that's the other other thing. And then and then the other, um, you know, the basics that we're we're testing. The other thing, the other thing about that receiver is it does not have Bluetooth. So they have a hundred dollar, basically a hundred dollar dongle that you plug into the back, and that lets you stream from a Bluetooth. So, what if the new ones um, do? You know, do do you think the new ones that they just announced at CES? Do you think maybe they have that built in, or that's the new one you got? They, that is a new one that huh. I know of, and so and that's the TA one hundred. That's weird. So that and it's also you know the most affordable. So you know you can go up in price and get get more features um, for their speakers. We're actually testing um, um, a, a set of speakers called the LCRs. Okay. And the LCR is an interesting speaker. It comes with wall mounts, so you can actually hang it. You know, on the wall, um, I know some studio people use this in their studios. It's also designed for um, surround sound, and it can be used as a center speaker. They have a couple different kinds. They have one with two drivers and a, and a tweeter, and then one with one driver and a tweeter. Um, and so um, it's got a so so. And these are once again, these are very affordable speakers. Mm. Um, they sound very good. Um, they're $150, and then you can even buy satellite speakers that are um, smaller and um, and are just more conventional. And um, so you could probably get a pair of those. Those are $200 for a pair, so mm. they come out to 100 bucks each. So the Basex line has a variety of um, products in it at the low end. And so I know a lot of our um, listeners 
or they don't want to, you know, they don't, they don't either don't want to, or they can't afford to plop down huge amounts of money. And, um, and, you know, Michael, the thing about audio is it keeps getting so much better mm-hmm. at such a lower price point that I think that the need for ultra high end, the need for, you know, high end, it starts to become a diminishing return for a lot of people. And I don't oh, think they sure. feel compelled that they need those speakers, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, and, and we have, and we got it, I think with the base X, um, S10 subwoofer. Okay. And that's a, that's a nice 200 watt class D amp. They also have the S8, which for most small listening rooms is probably fine. That's even less money. Um, and then um, for their speaker line, I think you were talking about the Air Motif line, right? That's the newer one. And those are getting really good reviews with, you know, um, I will say this overall. Emotiva is like um, like ELAC. It's just one of those companies that you can get tons of bang for the buck. It's, for me, one of the probably top three companies for getting into audio, like higher-end audio, just, you know, like Paradigm and I just feel like Paradigm and Emotiva and Elac are kind of these companies that are so vastly over or, you know, outperforming their price point that um, that you can't really go wrong with almost anything they do. I, you know, in Emotiva in particular, I can only tell you about the amp that I have because I have a I have one of their five channel amps. But I'm looking forward to, you know, trying out this integrated one, the one you've got and, and um, maybe one of their home theater receivers and. Again, for the money and the the way everything is so modular, it's something we didn't really mention. But if you buy one of their, you know, an, an amp for this year or a preamp, and they come out with something new, everything's interchangeable and modular in these boxes. So you can actually upgrade to the latest greatest as they come out. And I think that's so cool. So they have their RMC one, which I think is their big, you know, uh, that's their big fancy fancy, uh, you know, preamp. And um, that's the, I'm sorry, the XM, the XMC one. And as technology is evolving, this thing's going to be able to be, uh, everything's built to order. It has, you know, there's a new HDMI uh, spec that's coming out and it's going to be upgradable, you know, literally via one of the hardware boards. And I just think that's really cool. So anyway, uh, Emotiva, very well worth checking out. And I think their speakers, like you were just saying, um, I haven't heard them other than at CES, and I thought they were fantastic for the air motif speakers. Which one were you listening to? The the, the um, columns? I think I the, had the, uh, the bookshelf. I think I heard the bookshelves, and then the columns were set set up on a two channel system that wasn't on at the moment. I went at the very end of the show. So yeah, at their at their high end, they have two speakers called the Air Motif T2, which is thousand dollars a pair, and then they have the Air Motif T1, which right. are I think seven hundred a pair, and then quickly they all they all come down in price and in size as well because you know once again there's you know floor mounted speakers except for audiophiles you just don't see them when you go to people's homes. They might have surround sound mounted on the walls, mm. but they generally you don't see too many people with floor mounted speakers anymore, um, or floor standing, you know, freestanding speakers. Yeah, I still th- I still think they sound the best, to be honest with you. And I think when you give them some room to breathe around, they really sound wonderful. Yeah, but I understand that a lot of people are either space challenged or um, if you have pets, if you have cats, th- these kind of speakers are just the perfect scratching post. You got to be really careful. <laughs> Uh, um, you know, and uh, I'm still waiting for the cat-proof, 
you know, grill um, scratching posts. Yeah, grill. So I think that, you know, I think uh, SVS does a good job because it's a metal grill for their subwoofers. Um, for the Air Motif speakers, they have a seven channel and a five channel bundle, so you can actually for about fifteen hundred bucks. You get two mains, center channel, and two sets. You've got side surround and rear surround for the seven channel, and that's fifteen hundred bucks, which is a bargain. Then the uh, five channel, which was Sound and Vision's top pick of the year, uh, twelve hundred and seventeen dollars gets you there two air motif towers, two bookshelves for surrounds, and a center channel, and then you're there. I mean, you get you throw a sub on that, and you, Bob's your uncle. You know, yeah, you're good to go. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Bob is indeed hey. your uncle. Um, Harris, we are at about um, an hour, so it's time to wrap this sucker up. Um, any final words about CES 2018? Um, I don't know. I think we could probably continue this next week with a few more comments on some of the other um, things that we saw. So I, let's 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 plan on that. And also, um, I want to hear what your thoughts are on the um, Oppo 205 because yes. It's it's not just a beast in terms of physicality. It's it's really only a little bit larger than what it replaced, the 105. But the menu set when you start when you're able to start changing the filter for the DAC, mm. it's it's a pretty intense menu set. I, I think you could work with it for a month and still not hit every feature and every option. So um, it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's really uh, got a lot of options built in for the serious. A person who wants to continually tweak the audio footprint. Well, I had um, Paul over here, uh, Dr. Paul Anderson, original co-host of this show, who's a, a curmudgeon to say the least. And he was, and he's, you know, he's got the, uh, what does he have? He's got the, um, he's got like a $7,000 DAC. You know, he's just, he's just, he's that guy. He's the guy that does that. And it's amazing. I, um, it starts with an A. Um it's a really good deck. I forget. Anyway, but um, he was pretty impressed by by the sound. He was like, wow, that is a – I mean, it was such a massive difference, especially when you run RCAs right out. We ran the RCAs right out into my Emotiva, so we skipped everything else. We literally used the Oppo as the preamp as well, which was kind of fun. And, uh, I mean, it was just it was just glorious. I don't think I've ever heard my my system sound that good. So, and, uh, and, the, really um, good. and the 205 has – a much improved headphone app that goes directly from those, right? You know, flagships, you know, Saber uh, DAX. So, you know, y- you get to a point with these products where they start to replace a whole bunch of other products. And, <laughs> right, right. You know, you know. But the the one thing to remember is that if you use the HDMI cable as your output to uh, connect to um, your receiver, your multi-channel receiver you don't get the benefits of any of those analog outputs. Right. And so you could actually downgrade to the uh, 203 if really video is what you're into. Right. Um, because you get the same, so you get almost off. the same feature set, just not the, that incredible analog outputs. Yeah, it's something I didn't actually have enough cables for, but I want to run the 7.1 from the Oppo to my uh, receiver to see how that sounds, because I'm sure it would be great. Um, anyway, that is it for us this week, you guys. Uh, Harris, thanks for carving out some time, my friend. And my uh, let's do maybe CES Part 3 uh, next week. I think that sounds okay. good. I think it sounds good. Guys, um, thanks so much again to uh, register for the contest. Just do a little review for us. Take a screenshot of it. Send it to BeginnerAudioFile.com. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at BeginnerAudioFile and tag two of your friends in a post. 
And uh, you, too, could have a lovely set of One More USA triple vi- triple driver uh, earbuds right there in your earballs. And uh, that will be exciting. That will be exciting for all of us. Uh, all right, Harris. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Michael. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Beginner Audiophile. For gear giveaways and answers to your questions, join our mailing list at beginneraudiophile.com. Tag pictures of your audio setup to at Beginner Audiophile on Instagram. Until next time, keep experiencing great music.